Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. We're glad to be back with you for another uh, study. And man, is it hot outside. Oh, man. I'm, I'm uh, grateful that we're in the basement, in the cool basement, and it feels really good. Um, so I don't even need to put the heater on. So we don't have to turn the <laughs> heater on. Uh, we're enjoying the cool because it's it's almost 100 degrees out there, about 95, well, it was 91, sorry. My watch says 91. But in the dry, high desert like we are, it's hot. Yeah. It's. I know that uh, there's a lot of folks suffering all over the country. Uh, at least that's what the media wants us to know. <laughs> uh, but there's been some real hot temperatures, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's hot. And hopefully y'all are staying hydrated and cool and comfortable. Uh, but we appreciate you joining us for a study this evening. Um, as always, we like to invite you uh, to come worship with us here in Blackfoot. Um, 370 North Schilling, Blackfoot, Idaho, 83221. Uh, 10 o'clock on Sunday, 11 for classes, 11 o'clock for worship services, and 7.30 for Bible study on Wednesday evenings. We'd love to have you. And if you're traveling through, we're on the way to Yellowstone. In fact, we're right next to the world-famous Potato Museum. Yeah, with the right big, around the corner. With the big potato in front. you got to get your picture in front of the potato, and then you can come worship with us. I believe the museum's open on Sundays, too. I believe you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, uh, let's see, what do they call it? Boondocker uh, RV parking right there. You could walk to church. That's right. So if you got an RV, you're coming through, you can park right there, camp the night, come worship with us. Uh, we'd love to have you. I believe the, our, the boondocker thing is free, but I think you have to go buy the t-shirt in the gift shop. In the gift shop. Yeah. So hopefully <laughs> they don't charge like $100 for that t-shirt. <laughs> Uh, but, but anyways, uh, and again, if, if we study something as we go through, uh, you have questions on, the best way is to get a hold of us with the email. It's in the link, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. Give us a like, subscribe. Your phone will tell, tell you when there's a new episode if you do that. And share us with your friends. Um, uh, and we're up for any question, right? Yeah. Dave? Just and, and we'll do our best to tell you what the Bible says about it. Um, it's not, as we mentioned all the time, we are just messengers for the Lord. And uh, we, we study the Bible. That's right. And we will give you the Bible answer for any question. And if you have a question along the lines of, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Yeah. I still haven't found that in there. So We're hoping to find that know. out. <laughs> We're hoping to find that out someday. It would just look weird if they didn't. Yeah. Be my second question. <laughs> My first, and, yeah, I won't tell you my first question, but what did it smell like in the in the belly of the fish? Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> yeah. But but no, we're we're glad to be here with you. Study, uh, we've got a good one, a uh, good study for you. Some good passages of scripture that we're going to read from God's word, talking about the care of the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, great study. Let's go ahead and jump right in, Dave. All righty. So, like Chad mentioned, it's it's the care of the Lord, and I want to. I want to focus on the care of the Lord, and the best way to start this study is by looking at Psalm 23. Now, this is a psalm that so many of us know, 
you know, I know for me, growing up in Bible class, this was, mm -hmm. we had to memorize it, right? Mm -hmm. This was our memory verse, and I think it's actually already been Ellie's memory verse, mm -hmm. which is my daughter here. So, um, Chad's mom mm -hmm. is, is her teacher, and, mm -hmm. and I think she's already done this for her. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but let's go ahead and read it, because it's really beautiful to to recognize how he takes care of us. Chad, do you want to read this? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now this is this is a passage where you know we could spend the whole hour just talking about this passage. Mm, yes. Yeah. You know, but just a, a couple highlights here. You see the, the beautiful care of the Lord, you know, where we are in the presence of our enemies, and yet the Lord is there for us. Mm -hmm. You know, even as He, the Lord, prepares uh, uh, prepares the table before me, you know, before my, my enemies, because the Lord will see you through it, you know. But there's, there's certain things that even throughout... Um, a lot of the passages that we know throughout Scripture, sometimes we need to take a closer look at these passages because there's, and actually think about these passages. Like, you know, the, the first one I want to look at is is pointing out that nobody can take us from the Lord. Um, John 10, 27 through 30. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and read that. But if you're listening in, Turn over with us. John 10, 27-30. Now this is where Christ is speaking. And he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Mm -hmm. So first, Jesus knows his sheep. He knows who follows him. Mm -hmm. You know, so we can't get lost in the crowd or, or anything like that. He knows us. Mm -hmm. You know, so as we go through our trials, as long as we keep our eyes focused on Christ, mm -hmm. Satan cannot take us from him. Mm -hmm. Well, and <clears throat> one thing I like to point out here, twenty in verse 27 I love how the Lord uses um, things, examples in this life that we um, mm -hmm. can use to, to, to relay this message. Because uh, he says, uh, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Um, the, the shepherd here, a shepherd in that day, um, would just would have different sounds or calls that he would make for his sheep, and they would... I mean, pretty soon they'd be all around them. That's right. I've experienced this myself just in growing up with animals, uh, cows. 
you could call the cows in because they knew they were going to get something good. Right. Because you were calling, you could call them in and feed them. Hey, usually it was it was there was a reward behind that call. Yeah. And um, the horses are the same way. We can call the horses in, and they come running sometimes, <laughs> like tripping <laughs> over each other. That's funny. Okay. If you went out and did the same call, they wouldn't even lift an ear, probably. Right. Okay. But because they know the call of that person. Okay? Yeah. And uh, dogs. Big time with dogs, too. Yep. Um, I don't know what it is, uh, if it's just like alpha male type thing or whatever, but several of my dogs, they will always come to me. They yeah. they do exactly what I say, like when I ho- holler at them to come. It, one of the kids, Cass, the, <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah. I don't know why the dogs, the, they, they're like, well, you're not the boss, you know, I guess is what they're thinking. I don't know. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I have a dominance that they come to me right. every time. They don't have to be on a leash, nothing. I can call them away from anything that they're running after, and they will turn around and come back to me. Oh, wow. And um, that's what the Lord is saying here. Yeah. And it it's something that, that works every time. Yeah. Okay? Um, the sheep, I've heard the sheep especially because they are... Um, very dependent. Yeah, I was going to use that word, dependent. They're on the very shepherd. dependent on the shepherd and being guided and know where they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's why that's an even greater example for us because it's a perfect analogy. Yep, for us and Christ. Yeah, and that's why he uses it. Here. And and I have watched videos where they even did an experiment where the mm-hmm. shepherd was standing on the porch. And he even told these people to to make the sound that he the very same sound and it was like a some crazy sound. Sure, they did it. No sheep, nothing. No, nothing. Didn't even lift an ear. He did the same thing right after, mm-hmm. and they all came running around the corner. Yeah, just because the sheep know their it's shepherd. It's almost like a code, you know. And yeah, I've used this analogy too. Just talk. Another analogy is um, if the thing is, you got to know the Lord. Yeah. Okay? That's right. If there's no relationship there before, then he's not going to answer. And I, I like using the phone. Do you answer a phone call if you don't have them saved in your phone? No, not even a little. Okay. So does the Lord have you saved in his phone? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. If you use that analogy, does he, is he going to say answer and say, hey, Chad, how's it going? Yeah. Or is he just going to ignore the call because he doesn't know who it is? <laughs> Spam. Right, right. <laughs> And, and and it's just as simple as that. And yeah. so it goes both ways is what I'm saying. It does. Here. Well, just like last week we talked about belonging to Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and what it what it actually means to belong to Christ. And that's our part. Yeah. We have to know the Lord. You we can, have to know him. Y'all's what we're saying is you can't just sit there and expect the Lord to know who you are. That's right. And do nothing. There's yeah. there's actions that you have to take in order to be a Christian. And 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 Jesus knows you. That's right. And on the on the flip side of that, when we when we know the Lord and we are seeking to please Him, this is a comfort because He will know us. Mm-hmm. He will not lose us in the crowd. Well, you and know? if you're seeking Him, that's the next. That's one, right. Right. Yeah. And um, but also another thing to point out here in John ten. How he says nobody 
can take us from him. Yeah. Now think about this for a moment. Mm -hmm. We cannot guarantee this to anyone. No. No one can guarantee this. We can't guarantee this to our kids. We can't guarantee this to our spouse that, hey, nobody can take you from me. You can't purchase it either. We found that out. That's right. Because there are too many variables. Like growing up, um, not growing up, but my, my child, Ellie, my oldest now, she was born with like this natural black eye over the top of her eye. I don't know if, because it was a C-section, I don't know if the doctor kind of tried to pull her out by her eye socket. I don't know. But anyway, she has this, if you if she closes her eyes on certain days, it still looks like a black eye, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when we were going to, she was going to kindergarten. We never really talked about this with her. It's just there. It was just a part of her. It's almost like a birthmark now. Where um, the teacher asked about it, and it looked like a black eye, right? Well, we had Child Protective Services come to our house, mm-hmm. threatening to take our daughter away from us. You know, and of course we had pictures and all this stuff, but mm-hmm. that made me realize that I could not ever guarantee something like this to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't guarantee that nobody can take you from me mm-hmm. because it almost happened there. But God is the only one that can guarantee this. Because it is within his power. It is within his control that nobody can take you from him. Mm -hmm. And so that's the beautiful thing about the Lord. And that's what the beautiful part of this passage is no one can take us from him. You know, if we are seeking him, always seeking to be pleasing to him, nobody can take us from him. Mm -hmm. Now, in order for this to happen, another part of the Lord's care that we need to be careful to observe is he never sleeps. Now this is something that's that's really beautiful. Chad, do you want to read Psalm 121, 2 through 5? Yeah, sure. Okay. It says, My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Um, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Through five? Yeah, oh, yeah through five. one more. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Okay. So notice here, he will neither slumber nor sleep. So he will, he will not slack off in his responsibility ever. You know, and again, <laughs> how beautiful that is. And, and this is something that is... Constant, you know, it's not just like during the work week, you know, <laughs> for us, we have Saturday and Sunday off. Well, the Lord doesn't have days off, he, you know, and Deuteronomy 11 12 kind of illustrates this too. It says, A land for which the Lord your God cares, the eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. So, his care for us is from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, that he will never sleep nor slumber. Mm-hmm. You know, it is all year long, year after year, decade after decade. You know, and Chad, we love our kids, right? Mm-hmm. We'll do just about anything for them. But there's times where we just need to take a break. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one. Mm-hmm. Where. Man, they're they're getting on your nerves. 
you know, perhaps I just need to, to walk away for a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. Luckily for us, we get to go to work, right? Yeah. Well, and, like, the kids, as they get older, they get, um, they go to school. And so, you know, right. there's, there's some breaks, but. Yeah, but with the Lord, he never takes a break. Yeah. And his care for us is constant. Well, and it's like the um, shepherd, he doesn't get to take a break either. Right. See, and because the animals have to eat every day. They yeah. need something every day. There's no days off. Well, and not only that, if he slacks off, that's when a wolf is going to come. Yeah. Right? So the, that, that makes a lot of sense because there's no, yeah, there's no two days off every five days. Yeah. You know, with animals. Um, one of the worst jobs I think you could ever have is a dairyman. Right. The cows need milked every day of the yep. year. Every day and of the year. fed every day. Yeah. And that's that's how the Lord is. That's exactly what you're describing. Yeah, we, we get we can't even relate. You know, half the time, like it is nice to get a break. We go on vacation, and, yeah. and the Lord talks about that. Yeah, he does. Uh, that that uh, uh, Paul, I think, was it Paul or um, Peter, talked about um, how you need you know sometimes you need a break. You yeah, know? and so I guess at that point you make provisions the thing is jesus doesn't get to do that all right he works every day yeah (laughs) but that that's a part of his love and care for us is it's a constant it's a constant care constant love yeah that that never never goes away it it never dies and this is something that just to say he doesn't sleep or slumber or you know he's always looking after us you don't realize how much is involved in that i mean think of all the Mm -hmm. Think of the Israelites, you know, when they were being led out of Egypt, being led out of slavery, how many times did they test the patience of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Too many times, you know, and me, I'm just reading through the Old Testament, and I'm like, why didn't God just kill them? Like, I would have killed them so many times, but that's the patience of the Lord. But then, when you think about it, though, as as we've actually talked about this in class a few times, we're no different than the Israelites, we we turn on the flip of a dime too, mm-hmm. you know. Where if we have a bad week, man, by the end of that week, who knows where we're going to be at, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're just like those the Israelites. We're no different, and yet from the beginning of time to now, he does not take a break. He does not say, you know what, forget you guys, you're not worth it. Well, and and he's also preparing a place for us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Multitasking. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it's the Godhead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, seriously, that's that's what he's doing. That's the kind of love he has for that's us. That's right. You know, and the beautiful care that he has. And then that, the the other point, which is even more than all of this, is he is willing to fight our battles. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy three twenty two. God says, you must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. And then, Chad, do you want to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7? Mm-hmm. Because this is tying them together. We have a different kind of battle or a different kind of fight that we deal with today. And this is what Paul is talking about in Philippians. Okay. So go ahead and read that. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, 
let your requests be made known to God. And the place of the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So going through our stressful times throughout this life, what is he telling us to do? He's telling us to pray and leave it to the Lord. You know, and even if, let's say, for example, we pray and it sounds like the Lord is saying no, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we're asking for our um, this thing to to relinquish itself, and it continues on. And so we think the Lord says no. Just know that it's for our betterment. That's why he's saying yeah. no at the time. I love the be anxious for nothing. That's easy. Yes. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not. I mean, this is something yeah. that we have to work on, but it, it means that you shouldn't be anxious. Just put it all on the Lord. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's something that uh, we should recognize that, like I said, even if he says no, it's to bring us closer to Him. There is this purpose behind it. The Lord doesn't have us go through meaningless trials and tribulations. They always have meaning. It makes us stronger for Him. You know, and another thing that we must recognize is when we turn our lives to the Lord, you know, this is how He fights our battles. We have to allow him to fight our battles, though. That's the hardest part. You know, that is how he guides us through this life, is when we submit to him. You know, um, First Peter, Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. You know, we have to allow God to fight our battles. We have to allow him to. And we do that by humbling ourselves to him. So here he says in, in 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So the Lord wants you to humble yourself before him. You know, in life, pride doesn't allow us to give up the reins in our life. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I like the analogy of you know, like the uh, the horse carriage. So you're when you become when you are baptized into Christ, that's when Christ sits next to you in the horse carriage. The next step is to give him the reins and let him control the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, let him control your life. This is how he fights your battles. But you gotta let him fight your battles. And you do that by humbling yourself. But then something that I really want to point out is in verse 7. You know, this is not a small thing. He's, he doesn't say cast some of your cares upon him or the, the small mm-hmm. cares of this life. He says cast all your cares on him. So, you know, a lot of times, Chad, say you have a, a rough day at work. Mm-hmm. What do you typically do? Oh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, a lot of times you probably go to your wife and, and just talk about oh, it, right? Yeah. yeah. Where you just you're just venting, you know, mm-hmm. not expecting her to do anything about it or mm-hmm. even having her give you advice. It's just let me talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. That's what your spouse is for. And you know, even as as brethren, a lot of times your brethren, that's what they're there for. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and I think like for me, um, sounding boards, I call them sounding boards. It's, it's either someone who's on your same team, you know, what, whether it's your foreman yeah. or, or your business partner or something. Yeah. It's always good to be able to vent to them um, when something happens um, because they understand totally because you're, you go, you know, you're on the same team you're going through. Right. So uh, that would be where brethren come in. You know, it'd be the same thing. Um, yeah. You, you go and, um, you know, talk to a brother or That's a sister, right. you know, and, and, uh, it just probably, it, you know, it can help put your cares, you know, put yeah. your mind at ease. Yep. You know, and, and again, that's what they're there for. You know, they're they're there to yeah. to be there for and you. And we can also encourage them by these things, these that's scriptures, right. um, like the cast. You know, put your cast in your your burdens. Well, and and another thing about this is this beautiful aftermath of what happens when you're vulnerable around one another. Mm-hmm. You get stronger with them, like you actually build a stronger bond with them because. Mm-hmm. You're vulnerable around them, you know. But what we need to understand is that's what God is there for too. And too many times, you know, we'll go to our spouse or we'll go to our, our brother or someone. Let's say I work for you, Chad, and you're giving me a hard time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and vent to you. I'm going to go and vent to another employee, right? Because they're under your same mm-hmm. whip. Mm-hmm. Not that you have a whip, just. You know, we mm. both work for you so we can both understand or whatever. You know, <laughs> not to try to say that you're mm-hmm. hard on your guys, just well, using and, that as an example. And I think it has to be up to us, too. You know, you and I both have kids. Yeah. Um, we we can't just tell them, okay, you got to go to church. Okay? It has to be, at some point, it's going to be their decision. Yeah. You know, and so we have to try to train them. To know that, hey, okay, this is a relationship between you and God, okay? Now, for an example, um, my daughter got invited to go play baseball tonight. It's Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, they need my help. They need her help, you know? And I, they have, And so I said, so she calls me, what do you think? And I was like, well, what do you think? You know, what do you think you should do? Because it's not up to me. Sure, I can tell you, you're going to church. Right. But you have to kind of put that back on them because uh, I can't just tell you everything to do. Because when they turn 18, they're just going to go do everything opposite of what you said. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because they can. Now they can, yeah. Yeah, and so you you have to like so this has to be your decisions what I'm saying. We we all individual. I can't say, "Hey, Dave, can you ask the Lord to take my burdens away from me?" You know. <laughs> you know, I can't do that. It's got to be right. me. It's my relationship between me and God. And and our kids are the same way. It has to be their relationship with God. Yeah. And guess what? She's she told him no. Good. Uh, but that's her. I want her to learn those things. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? It's your decision. Which one are you going to please? It's not a requirement for you to go. It's not a mandatory thing. This is a vol- all volunteer. Um, they'll find some. They'll find someone else to take your place. Yeah. But it's on you. And um, and so it has to be 
our decision is what I'm saying. I, and maybe this doesn't relate as well. It's just something on my mind. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 this is up to us. It's a relationship between us and Christ. And we can't That's go right. to another brother and say, help me cast my burdens on yeah. to the Lord. No, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, it's got to be you, your decision. You, it's between you and God. And if you need sound advice, that's when you go to brother. You know, well, sure. Because well, they're going to give you a godly answer. Yeah, hopefully that brother's going to be like, hey, you know, this has to be, this is between you and God. You know, but this is why. Yeah. You know, these are your, this is what you, you know, and hopefully you can go to his word and, and, and find the answers that you're looking for. That's you know? right. Or that you need is what I should say. Not that you're looking for, but. Yep. And, and so it's, um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, we got, it's gotta be us. And, and yeah. And, and it's about your relationship with God, mm-hmm. you know, going to him, even, even just to talk to the Lord, it's building that, that relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's you having that, that bond with God mm-hmm. and, we need to recognize that He cares for us. That's what He wants for us, to mm-hmm. have that, you know, to allow God to be a part of your everyday life. Yeah. You know, it, no matter what you're going through, you're going to Him for it. Yeah, and, and being a Christian has to come from you Yeah, for the right reasons. It's it's your heart, okay? A, a good, a, yeah, a good example of this. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. But uh, somebody told me one time that, Everyone wants problems. They just want someone else's problems, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's he's this rich guy that said it. He's like, you know, everyone's worried about being able to fill their tank. He's like, that's not my problem. My problem is what big truck am I going to buy? Because these truck prices are so low, gas means nothing to me, you know. And he's like, how many of you want my problem? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's his, his analogy. But But we want God to be a part of everything you know every part of our life whether in our highs or our lows you know go to him and you know not necessarily lord what truck should i buy but just casting all your your cares upon him for he cares for you and this is what we see paul doing so if turn back with me to philippians 4 now we went to first peter now turn back to philippians 4 12 and 13, this is the kind of attitude that Paul has. You know, no matter what he was going through, he went to the Lord. You know, everything, it was about him and the Lord. 12 and 13 of Philippians 4, Paul says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. So Paul allowed God to be in every aspect of his life. Whether he was abounding, he was going to the Lord. Or whether he was abased, he was going to the Lord. In any situation that he found himself in, he was going to the Lord. You know? But yeah. that's what we need to strive for. And it doesn't matter what we're going through. Go to the Lord. He allowed Christ to fight his battles. That's why he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. He's not relying on his strength. He's relying on the strength of Christ. 
He allowed Christ to fight his battles, and that's what we see in Paul. He was willing to suffer and die for the Lord because he allowed God to guide him wherever God so chose. You know, and how many times did Paul get beaten and left for dead and, you know, all the, the perilous times that he's he's gone through, he did it knowing that knowing it was about pleasing the Lord. Well, and it's not going to be easy. That's why we have to be yes. convicted. Amen. Um, sometimes the things that we're being punished with or, or, or having a trial in is actually strengthening us. We've talked about that a lot. Yes. Where a lot of times the trials are are meant for us to strengthen us, you know, and we, we've talked a lot about that on here. Yes, um, we did. So. And I was thinking of Second uh, Timothy 2. Uh, we read this not too long ago. But verse 3, he says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So just going to what you were talking about, we need to suffer. Mm-hmm. But through that suffering, it brings us closer to Him. Yeah, it does. And that's the that's the point behind it all. Well, it's, and in it, that suffering, we can put our cares on the Lord too. That's right. You know, and, and so that, that almost teaches us and trains us that we have to put our faith in Him. Yeah, and it's actually, I would say, it's it's through our trials is where we learn to put that trust into Him. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to be brought low sometimes in order for us to recognize. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, when my youngest daughter was born, she was about two years old, mm-hmm. and she had a seizure, and we were rushing to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She almost died. And it was at that moment where I was like, yeah, I'm powerless. Like, I need to go to the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. it's in the Lord's hands completely. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I ever would have realized that had I not gone through that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I recognized, you know what? The Lord, everything is in the Lord's hands. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if the Lord seemed fit to take her life, I was blessed to have two years with her. You well, know, and, and that's a hard, it's a hard thing to think about, but... Well, and I think we learned a lot of that during COVID. Yeah. None of us put our trust in the Lord. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. There's a lot of disbursement. I mean, we, we probably shouldn't get into it, but it's true. Yeah. Like, we we just freaked out. Yep. And everyone followed everyone. and. Yeah. And we're seeing now how silly some of it was. Well, and, and we allowed the government to interfere our relationship with God. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And, yeah. and that's... When, in fact, you know, I, I've heard of um, some people, some people I know that, that got diagnosed with, let's just say, something like cancer. And so um, I know some people who was like, well, if it's my time, it's my time, and left it alone. Lived for 10 years, 10 more years. Yeah. And then some that, and I'm not, you know, some that just went aggressively treating it died in less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> I know you can't compare, but it's like, when it's your time, it's your time. And, yeah. and, and, and the thing is, the most important thing during that time is getting and staying right with the Lord. Amen. That's, and, and, and trying to convert others. Yep. You know, and, <laughs> and, and because guess what? We're all headed there yeah. eventually, somehow, so, some way. You cannot get out of death. That no. is something that everyone is going to face. And I'm not trying to 
I'm sorry if that's a bad opinion. Yeah, we're, we're not I, trying to pick on anyone I'm or, not or either. anything like that. Like, that's up to you. That's, that's individual That's choices. about your relationship with the Lord, not ours. Exactly. But just, you know, we get health issues and that. Yeah. We need to make sure we're still encouraging our fellow Christians, worshiping God. Yep. Doing all the things that he told us to do. That's the most important. Yeah. And I'm not saying don't go to the doctor, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying <laughs> sometimes you got to look at what's important. and That's right. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people that have illnesses that they're trying to deal with. And at some point, sometimes we got to leave it to the Lord. Just leave it to the Lord, yeah. And, and you, you know, I utilize um, treatments and health things a lot. That's right. Myself. So I'm not saying I'm like an anti, you know, doctor. Right. No, but I'm I'm just saying that well, during the COVID thing, it was really out of reason. It was. And, you know, how I... And this was my take on it. If the Lord wants me to die, I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, if he wants me to live, I'm not going to die by this then. I just heard of a gal, a friend of mine, well, Mark, um, they had a friend. Um, this this gal just died yesterday. For, on her 40th birthday, her heart stopped. Very overweight, obese person. Very friendly, very nice person, it sounded like. And she just got up out of the chair and fell over. You know, we just don't know That's when right. our time is up. That's it right. doesn't matter who you are or how healthy you are or what. You just—it's just unguaranteed. It's not guaranteed, and so. That's right. Tomorrow That's why is not a guarantee. That's why it's so important that we understand how the Lord cares for us. Yeah, but another thing that um, we may not get to tonight, so I'm just going to say it now. Another thing that we may not recognize is all of these things, how he fights our battles, how he, the tender care that he has for us. It's only if you are right with him. You know, it's only if you are seeking to be pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. And by seeking to please him, what I mean by that is going to his word and allow his word to guide you. You know, don't go to man's thoughts on the matter. Don't go to... To your preacher and whatever he says to do, do it. Absolutely. No, it's what the Lord says. God made his word to where we can understand it. Amen. And we just got to read it. Yeah. Uh, here's a challenge. Read the word as much as you read Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, spend as that much time. That wouldn't work for me. I don't, I don't get on Facebook anymore. <laughs> uh, it could be but, anything. No, it could you're be, absolutely right. It could be as, as much as you watch TikTok or as much as you sh- watch sure. your movies and yeah, watch YouTube, whatever. Yeah. Look at how much time um, our phones uh, will give you a report of what kind of screen time that you've yeah. had every day. That's right. Go look at that and just see what you think. Yep. And then spend that time reading the Bible. Sure. Meditating in the Word, and you'll be surprised. And and guys, I'm I'm talking to myself here. Okay. Oh yeah. This is not something that. And you know what? I would, I would venture a um, the challenge to everyone. Mm-hmm. Read one psalm a day. Mm-hmm. Some are longer than others, but read one psalm a day. Mm-hmm. And so, in 150 days, you'll get through the book yeah, of Psalms. Make sure Psalm 119 is on a Saturday or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in the psalm, you see how much they they give God their life. Yeah. How they're dedicated to him, and they're they're 
they're beautiful in their approach towards God. Mm-hmm. You know, especially Psalm one nineteen. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's all I think all except four verses out of one hundred and seventy six verses. I think all but four talk about His Word mm-hmm. and going to His Word and living off of His Word. You know, and that's something it, you get a deeper respect for Him and His Word and and how His people served Him. Mm-hmm. You know, and how they they honored Him and respected Him. That's what you see in in Psalms. So I challenge you with that. So in 150 days from now. Let me know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's it's so true though, and yeah, we all know we all got stuff to work on, you know. Oh, absolutely. There's there's always room for improvement, and so the only thing we can do is encourage one another. Yeah, you know, and and his word, you know, you can come to it many times. You might say, "I already know that. I already know that." You know. Yep. But it's. You don't. Every time you study something, we learn something new. Well, just like uh, John 10, 27 through 30, where we started. How many times have we read that? But do you really mm-hmm. think about it? Like, meditate in, in that. Like, no one can guarantee you that except Him. No one can guarantee that no one can snatch you from my hands. No one else can actually say that, can actually promise that. I'll say that. No yeah. one can actually promise that. Yep. But... Hebrews 6.19, it is impossible for God to lie. So, he said it, therefore, it's a promise. Mm-hmm. And another thing about the, the care of the Lord is His eye is always set on us. Mm-hmm. Chad, do you want to read 1 Peter 3? Yep. 11 through 12? Uh, it's 3.8, right? Oh, 3. 1 Peter 3.11 and 12. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. No, you're okay. <laughs> Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eye of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So like we were just talking about, all of these, the care of the Lord and, and how he is always looking out for us. It's only when we are right with him. If his eyes are against those who do evil. So if we turn away from God and we walk away from Him, then His care is no longer, he, He's no longer caring for us. Yeah. But if we are constantly seeking Him and, and constantly be seeking to be right with Him, His eyes are always on us. And so, you know, there's something else about the eye of the Lord that we need to understand. He can see man's heart. Mm-hmm. And so this actually takes it to a much deeper level. Mm-hmm. Because if you are sincere, let's say you, you're you sincere, but you slipped up. Mm-hmm. Well, his eye is going to see your heart behind it. Yeah. I, I, I was talking about this. Uh, um, the Lord knows the code on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sometimes I need him to open my phone for and me. We were I talking forgot. about this at work. It's like, oh, would you want your wife looking at your phone, like scrolling through your phone? Well, if you say no, one. there's <laughs> something wrong. Okay, like yeah, you should have nothing to hide. Um, there's a there's a thing I'm dealing with um, at work, and we had to get our lawyer involved and stuff. 
and they the other party wants text messages that I sent to a customer all of my text messages huh that I've ever sent to them and I'm like wow okay so like there's no easy way to get text messages off anyway so I, I just screenshotted all of them put them in a folder here you go well he um he goes, okay, so are you? is there anything there that you're worried about? I was like, I'm an open book, man. I got nothing to hide. I sleep well at night because I will not do anything dishonest. Yeah. Because I just can't live with myself. I'm like the guy who would be like, I did it. I'm sorry. I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah. I, because I just can't live with myself that way. Yeah. I cannot do anything shady or it just eats away at me. Right, and you've heard of criminals like that. There was a guy. Don't want to get too far off, but there was a guy who buried his wife. He was a construction worker, killed his wife, buried her like fifteen feet in the ground at this construction site where he was working. Wow. He could have got away with it, but guess what? It ate at his soul. Yeah, and he finally confessed and told him where she was. You know, I yep. I don't know how anyone could be. Uh, dece- deceive, de- uh, divisive deceptive. or whatever, deceptive. Yeah, and live the rest of their life with that on their conscience. Right. You know, it. I just. Well, and that's that's what the the passage is talking about. Yeah, searing your conscience with a hot iron. Mm-hmm. I guess if and, it's seared and, hot enough. Well, and and you you do that when you continue in wickedness. You know, right. like the things that you know is bad, but you continue to do it. Yeah, eventually. You've served your well, conscience, so it's no longer. Yeah, I guess what you. made this um, made me think of this is what we were talking about—the eye of the Lord. Yeah, he sees all. He knows all. He knew where that guy buried his wife. Yep, he knows everything you do, and um, we need to live our lives that way as an open book, so that that everyone knows. Like, there's nothing where we're not hiding from our wives, our spouses. Right. We're not hiding anything from anyone. We're an open book. They know what's going on. Yeah. Try to live your life the best you can because guess what? God knows. And it is, you know, a lot of times we're driving down the road to me. He's like, hey, give me your phone. I got no problem just giving my phone to her. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> my was, daughter knows my, my passcode on my phone. It was kind of funny. This There was a couple of uh, text messages where I sent him a picture of my elk that I killed, you know? Oh, yeah. Because he knew I was gone hunting. Yeah. So he's like, how'd you do? So I sent him a picture and they're we we got to laughing about it. It's like I wonder if they'll like to see that, you know. <laughs> uh, the only thing that they might try to use it against you because of the oh you did have personal relationship with them. No, I'm just a, a social guy. I, I you know yeah. I talk to people. I care about them. I ask them how their family's doing. You know whatever. Right. If there's something going on in your family, I want to hear about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, vice versa. If there's a way I can help you, I want to help uh, you. Exactly. It's not all work, okay? Right. I don't care who you are, and and so, uh, anyways. That's the only way to build a but, relationship. But it was it kind of hit me because my lawyer's like, "Are you? Is there anything that you uh, like? Are you okay with showing all your text messages to him?" Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing in there that's bad. <laughs> yeah. And and so we need to live our lives that way. Uh, we can't have a double life. You no. know, sometimes we think we can only be a Christian. We we only have to be a Christian on Sunday. Well, that's not the case. That's right. You should be an open book, whether you're at work with your coworkers, joking around, 
you need to try to be that person because guess what it's almost i try to get this picture in my mind sometimes jesus is sitting right there in the chair in that visible chair right there with you the whole time yeah you know that's how it is god sees everything yeah and you know a lot of times we think we can get away with it you know let's, well, and let's use that 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 guy that you know murdered his wife and buried her 15 feet under sure he's, he's going to answer for that on judgment day well you and, know and he would have got away with it they were saying there's no way they would have looked for her there there was no evidence yeah there was nothing they would have never found that body and no body no mm-hmm. no charges yeah yeah um and that that was in fort hall that was in pocatello just th- 20 minutes from here wow and uh, so, so, anyways, but, but, th- we and hey, I, I want to tell you, are we perfect at it? No, no. We make mistakes. We slip up. I slip up. You know, sometimes you may laugh at a joke that someone tells that you probably shouldn't laugh at. Okay, you know. Yeah. Or or just simple things like that. Guess what? God's always watching, and we have to be real careful. And you know, that's that's what he's talking about. The thing is, when we do slip up, the there's. The Lord cares. He's going to help us through yeah. it. You know? That's right. So, it, it, it's not like you have to be perfect. It's not like walking a tightrope and you slip and fall to your death. Yeah. You know? We, we're going to make mistakes that we can ask forgiveness, and that's the beauty behind right. the gift that God has given you know, us. You and, know, and the fact that the Lord sees the heart of man is great for the one who's seeking to be righteous. And mm-hmm. horrible for the one who's trying to hide yeah. something from him. Yeah, you can't because hide you it. can't hide. No, you, you can't know? hide it. But a, a good example of this. Turn over with me to Luke twenty-two, thirty-one through thirty-four. I don't know how much of this we're going to be able to get through with him, but well, we got ten minutes. Yeah, I got a lot here. So <laughs> <laughs> we're going to study Revelation. <laughs> yeah, let's start. <laughs> so uh, Luke twenty-two. 31 through 34. And Jesus said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he, being Peter, said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you know me. Yeah. So this is this is where Christ prophesies that he's going to deny him three times before the rooster crows twice. And but notice in, in verse thirty two, Christ knew he was going to fail. Yeah, he was pretty confident, wasn't he? Because he says, When you re- have returned to me. Mm-hmm. Now that's something Christ knows Peter heart, Peter's heart. He knew Peter was going to fall, but he also knew that Peter was going to come back to him. Yeah. When you return to me. You know, this is what Paul was talking about with Timothy when, when he's writing in 2 Timothy 2.13. He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So Peter is a part of Christ. Mm-hmm. His heart is right with Christ. Now, he fails the temptation from Satan, but this is where Christ knew his heart. And this is why it's comforting for the righteous. You know, we do slip up. 
But the Lord knows our hearts. He sees our hearts. And when we come back to Him, if our heart is right, we're going to come back to Him. He's going to be there for us. Yeah, and one of the things that I love is, uh, you know, when we mess up, sometimes we think, oh, man, you know, I'm never, beat ourselves up so I'm never going to recover from this. I'm yeah. just a terrible, evil person. I can't go to church again. I can't do any of these things because I'm just so bad. Yeah. Well, it, it, when we when we realize that we've messed up, how we respond is key because I love the response of Peter here. You know, he he you know, he he wept bitterly. He knew that's right that he messed up and you know, we read on and find that. But he yeah. just uh um once he realized it it almost strengthened him. I know he came back stronger than he left. That's right, he did. And and so because of that trial, you know, and and that's why we have to look at the good in every trial, is is because um, in that trial we learn and we come back stronger. The next time, do you think he denied him? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna make that same he mistake. Didn't. He didn't, and and we know that because he went to prison. Yeah. For preaching. Not only that, he went to death. Mm-hmm. Professing him. Yeah, that's right. So he, he did he learn his lesson? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He and he never you know, I don't know if he denied you know, we're told we're not told if he did or didn't. Right. But I'll bet he didn't. Yeah. After this he he knew. It certainly wasn't towards the end of his life. Yeah. He he was willing to die and he did die for the Lord. Yeah. Um now let's pick up in, in Luke twenty two, fifty four through sixty two. So I'll go ahead and read this. So this is right after his betrayal and arrest, right? Where Judas betrays him, and so they they come and arrest him. Starting in verse 54 of Luke 22, it says, Having arrested him, this is Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confident affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was with him. For he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. So here's a couple of things I want to point out. So this is... Christ is being arrested and he's being brought to the high priest's house. So Christ is going through a lot. He has a lot going on with him. Now, I I bring this out because let's say, for example, I get arrested and I'm getting taken to jail. I'm going to be focusing on myself because I am pretty sure that would I would be pretty scared, right? Yeah. And Christ also knows what's about to happen to him. You know, he is, but Christ is not concerned about himself. 
the watchful eye of Jesus never lost sight of Peter. Now this is something that, you know, as we continue, Peter followed at a distance. Christ knew this. And again, I bring this out because Christ is going through a lot. He's being brought to the high priest's house, being questioned, and all this stuff. And, and all while Christ is going through all of this, Peter's out in the courtyard denying him. Not once, not twice, but three times he denied him. But then notice verse 60 and 61. So all of this is going on. Christ is dealing with, you know, the high priest and being questioned and all this. It says, while, Pe- while Peter was in the middle of denying Jesus the third time. It says, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. Mm-hmm. But then in verse 61, keep in mind, Christ is dealing with everything. When the rooster crowed, Jesus turned and looked at Peter. Now, I was just going over this a little while ago, and this hit me so hard because there was a crowd of people watching. You know, it was in the courtyard. I would lose somebody in the court. You know, I would lose somebody in the crowd. But Jesus never did. As he was still dealing with this, it's almost like Peter just stopped dealing with whatever he was going with and turned and looked upon Peter. Mm-hmm. This says so much about the care of the Lord. He never lost sight of Peter. Even though Peter was weak in the flesh at the moment, Jesus never lost sight of Peter. Jesus' eye was always on Peter because Jesus knows his heart. And that's why he never took his eye off of him. Now, this is something that that just struck me. You know, the crowd of people, and Jesus just turned and looked and spotted Peter in the crowd. You know, it, it, the passage doesn't say that they locked eyes. It doesn't say that Jesus mm. looked into the eyes of Peter. But... All the focus and attention was already on Christ. Well, he, he obviously seen Peter, I would think, obviously seen him look at him. Yeah. You know, so... I, I can imagine Peter was already looking at him, mm-hmm. and Christ turned to him. And, and I say that because of how it talks about it in verse 61. Then Peter remembered the words of Christ. What's funny is, where were the other apostles? Yeah. You how know, come he was the only one there, you know? They all scattered. Yeah. Peter was the only one that went down there. Yeah. But and actually, according to John, John was down there as well. Oh. Um, but John refers to himself as the third person. Mm-hmm. You know, going through John. But all the others just dispersed. Mm-hmm. Peter, he still wanted to know what was going to happen to Christ, and so he followed at a distance, and he he tried to keep his distance. But his that shows. That's actually a good point to bring out. That shows his heart. Mm-hmm. He was still he was still wanting trying to know what what was going on with yeah, Christ. Yeah, he was wanting to, wanting to do what he could. That's right. And yet failed miserably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and so after he failed, he went out and wept bitterly. Mm-hmm. You know. So when this is when Peter turned back to the Lord, and when he turned back to the Lord, he found his way of escape mm-hmm. and came back to him. You know, this is also what is being talked about in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 
You know, when no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Mm -hmm. But with the temptation will also allow or make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If we seek that way of escape, though, we have to seek that way of escape. When Peter turned back and wept, he was turning back to the Lord. He was seeking that way of escape. And so... That was the end of the temptation of Satan. Satan no longer could pin Peter down because Peter turned back to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so he found his way of escape so that he could bear it. And just like what Christ told Peter back in verse 32 of Luke 22, when he says, When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. We know Jesus forgave Peter because after Christ arose from the grave, Jesus charges Peter to do just that. You know, and we don't see this in Luke's account, but we see this in John's account. John 21, 15 through 17. Chad, are you there? What is that? John 21, 15 through 17. Well, I'm at, the, I'm at Luke 22, 32. Oh, I'm sorry. But I can go there. John? Yeah. Here is where... Jesus charges Peter to tend his sheep, you know, and in other terms, strengthen the brethren, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is this is just what Christ was charging Peter to do. John 21, 15 and 17. Yeah. Says, uh, <clears throat> so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. Um, 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know that all things... You know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So, you know, here's this beautiful correlation. Peter denied Christ three times. Here, Christ makes Peter say that he loves Jesus three times. You know, and mm-hmm. back to back. <laughs> yep. and, and it was even scaring Peter, you know. Well, and it's like one of those things. If you if you really want something, someone to understand something, you tell them twice. Yeah. So and, imagine and, what it means if you tell them three times, right? Yeah. yeah, and and he's just trying to get the point across. That this is important. That's you know? right. Feed my sheep. And this is very important. But because of Peter's heart, this is why Christ chose Peter to strengthen the brother. He put that burden on Peter. To tend to the sheep. You know, and let's keep in mind, these are Christ's sheep. It's very important who Christ chooses to feed his sheep. You know, he's not just going to give them to the, the first person that comes along. We are his sheep, and yet Peter was charged to feed. You know, this is where we see actually that Peter was... Essentially, the first uh, elder, mm-hmm. right? The appointed elder. But more importantly, we see that the watchful eye of the Lord was 
always on his faithful. Mm-hmm. Yes, Peter kind of fell, fell weak in the flesh, but his heart never left the Lord. Mm-hmm. He got back up, so, and he turned back to the Lord. So we probably better end on Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah, turn over. That's a good so, one. So Romans eight twenty um, twenty eight says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. Very good point. Everyone, everyone's called. Yep, and it's whether you hear the call. That's right. Whether you adhere to it or not. You know, and that's the, again, all things work for good mm-hmm. to those who love Him. Mm-hmm. We must seek the Lord, but when we do, His tender care is upon us. Mm-hmm. And you can't slip through His fingers. You can't, He's not going to lose you in the crowd. Mm-hmm. You are important to Him, and He cares for you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't slumber mm-hmm. because He cares for you. Doesn't go on vacation. Doesn't go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Man, that's tough. Doesn't take Tuesdays and Thursdays off. <laughs> like my dentist. And sometimes Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good luck getting a dentist appointment on a Tuesday and a Thursday. No. <laughs> all right, folks. That's that's all we got for time. We went over a little bit here, but certainly some good thoughts for us. Uh, and hope you've been encouraged. I certainly have. And we'll look forward to another study next week. Thank you, guys. See ya.